And now, coming to you from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting throughout the multiverse, the Nine Realms, Niflheim, Svartalfheim, Olympus, Nidaveller, basically anywhere that has the internet, really, we proudly present Radio Free Asgard. And hello, everybody. Welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 253. We're the only Thor podcast hosted by a true descendant of Odin and a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. So before we get started this week, just want to do a quick shout out here to Mr. Gord Tolton, who is the newest member of the Radio Free Asgard Facebook group. That's the way it works, folks. You join the Facebook group. I mentioned you on the show. That's just the way I roll. So this week, uh, Pete and I actually saw another movie. So this is some kind of record. We're seeing movies at a, at a furious clip here, it seems. And I uh, went to go see the new Fantastic Creatures and where to find them. And I think I'm probably going to fall into the minority a little bit in the movie in that I thought that there were a lot of really great things about the movie. But overall, I kind of got kind of this feeling of mediocrity from it. You know, the, the plot was just so-so. I mean, but but there were, you know, I will say there were a lot of things about the movie that we liked. And I think Pete liked the movie a little bit more than I did. But uh, I, I did think that, uh, you know, the, the creatures were excellent. Uh, most of the acting was excellent. I'm a little lukewarm on the lead, the, the, the main guy who played uh, Newt Scamander. But I liked pretty much everybody else in the movie except for at the very end, and I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, uh, but the person that they revealed at the very end, uh, I, yeah, I had real mixed feelings about. Uh, and maybe I'll talk about that sometime after I think everybody has seen uh, the movie. Yeah, <laughs> so no spoilers here. Definitely worth a look, and we saw it uh, in, in 3D. I was kind of surprised they didn't do an IMAX 3D version of it because we, we've been seeing a lot of stuff in IMAX 3D, and they had uh, you know, the regular 2D IMAX, which I thought was a little bit strange choice, but, you know, hey, I guess that's just what they had. All right, so uh, because we have kind of a long issue to cover here, let's move along to our review. Hercules, hero of song and story, Hercules, winner of ancient glory, fighting for the right, fighting with his might, with the strength of ten ordinary men, Hercules, people are safe when near him, Hercules, only the evil fear him, softness in his eyes, iron in his thighs, virtue in his heart, fire in every part of the mighty. And this week we are looking at Hercules, Prince of Power, number three. Cover price was 60 cents. May of 1984 is the cover date. Cover art is by Bob Layton and is very badly colored, in my opinion. Shows Hercules, and he's lifting up this giant piece of, uh, well, it looks like Kirby machinery, I guess. And he's got it over his head. And there's some guy in a red and yellow costume flying over and blasting him with sort of magenta pink blasts. And 
he's got this little sparkly trail after him, like uh, another character back in the Marvel days of 1970s used to have. And we have the uh, ghostly image of Thanos kind of lurking in the background. And we have a cover board that says, The Deadly Legacy of Captain Marvel. And we open up to the splash page where we have the title of the story. It's called Deadly Legacy. And the writer and artist is Bob Layton. Letterer is Rick Parker. Colorist, Christy Shield. Editor, Bob Budiansky. And the editor-in-chief was Mr. Jim Shooter. We have a couple of dudes on the splash page. They're breaking into somewhere. But it is in. The, it says in the captions, in the system of Sol, on an asteroid near Titan, the moon of the sixth planet, there is a hidden tomb. So they found the hidden tomb of somebody, and we know who it is already. It says Captain Marvel. And there's a, an orange guy, and he's, he's with his friend, who's sort of a lizard dude with crackly skin, kind of like the thing, except he's green, and he's not like big and bulky is more like a, just like, like a skinny lizard guy. And then there's another dude in the background who's repelling down the shaft and it's like this futuristic door. And we find out that one of these guys is called DeLuca because the orange guy says, DeLuca, inform Shrek that we're inside and ready to proceed. Shrek? Wait, <laughs> where's Donkey? I don't see Donkey. Anyway, uh, yeah, radio talking over the radio. The signal comes back. No need. I copied you. Advance 15 meters straight ahead, then hold your position. <laughs> Over. Affirmative, Captain, says the lizard guy. And we learned that these are tomb robbers, which we can imagine because they're going into a tomb. Well, you heard the man. Go ahead. Er, no, no, the honor is all yours. I insist. So slowly the thieves go through the tomb and they find some dead people in the hallway leading up to the tomb. And uh, one of the guys is like, Hey, Dean, it's some of our guys. They're dead. What do you suppose got them? If they were like you two, they probably shot themselves accidentally. What's this? And there's this big gemstone on the floor. And one of the guys says, Holy, will you look at the size of that sparkler? Well, we might as well take it. Maybe we could turn a profit on this gig with no. And the guy's like, No, stop. Don't pick it up. It uh, uh, doesn't matter because he picks it up. And there's a string attached. <laughs> it says, says uh, um, and just as he's saying, the prophet with, on this gig with no strings attached, he pulls up the jewel and a giant block of stone comes crashing down and squishes him with a kerwump and squashes him flat. And this is the dude who was repelling down the shaft earlier, so we don't know his name. So uh, that's that. And so uh, Darula and uh, whatever are, are still going down the hallway. You know, I think we just screwed up real bad. <coughs> DeLuca, what's been happening? What's your situation? Captain Shrek, we'd like to come out now, okay? It's too late because another trap is sprung and it's this big flamethrower thing comes popping up from, from underneath and uh, it's getting ready to flame these guys, and the orange guy's like, ah, frap. Hello, Captain. Uh, would you tell my wife that I always thought her cooking stung? Arrgh! And the uh, this uh, fire thing just blasts them with a thoom and burns them all to ashes. The caption says that his headphone shrieks, and then the silence 
And so we meet Shrek. After all, it doesn't look anything like I remember him from in the movies. And he is a, a big guy, big like uh, like a bear sort of guy uh, with a big beard and long hair. Kind of like a uh, biker, I guess. But he's wearing this sort of Bob Layton, Star Warsian, futuristic armor sort of thing. Uh, so not really like a superhero costume, but it's yeah, kind of like a superhero costume, except futuristic. And he says, Blast their incompetence. Mental defectives, the lot of them. Great Thanos, consort of death. Grant me the strength to succeed where all the others have failed. Watch over and guide me, the last of your followers. So apparently this guy worships Thanos. For if I should succeed, I shall fulfill your fondest wish. The destruction of Titan. And we shift scenes to Hercules. And Hercules in the recorder and Skippy are in Hercules' chariot. And they're being towed, of course, by the two white horses. And they're in some sort, they're in some sort of cosmic vortex sort of thing. It's all pink and blue stripes. And uh, the caption says, Through the corridors of hyperspace, there travels the most gallant crew. The Greek demigod known as Hercules, banished from his home at Mount Olympus by his father Zeus to learn the lesson of humility. The recorder, the robotic observer from Rigel, sent to document the Olympians' exploits. And their newest companion, a shape-changing scrawl named Skippy. He is not by nature a happy person. And Hercules is complaining, Skippy, how many times must I assure thee that no harm shall befall us within the enchanted chariot? It ain't natural, Herc. You think being hauled through space in a flying bathtub by a couple of four-legged hayburners is natural? Well, as a matter of fact, I... Oh, never mind. And the caption says... And just as well, for the son of Zeus's thoughts are occupied by matters of greater importance. And we we can see that uh, just like we had last issue, we noticed that Hercules is looking a bit older. He's got like gray in his hair and yeah, so he's aging. He recalls his nightmare of a few days ago in which his father Zeus had slain all of his kin on Olympus. He awoke only to find that he had begun to age, an unnatural occurrence for an immortal. He resolved to return to Olympus to seek the cause. However, his progress was halted by Red Wolf, a demonic scrawl killer bent on taking Skippy's life. Only after some persuading by Hercules were the trio able to continue the journey that would take the Lion of Olympus home. And the uh, chariot emerges through the sort of wormhole sort of thing, or yeah, it's an exit point from hyperspace anyway. And the recorder says, Observation, exit point from hyperspace will bring us to rendezvous point with Olympus Earth proximity in 8.07 hours, sir. Excellent, friend recorder. Let us make all haste. I fear that... And they are interrupted by a giant uh, head appearing in front of them. And it turns out it's Mentor is the, the leader of the, uh, the, the immortals of Titan. I guess they're Eternals. I guess th that's what they were. But of course, like in a lot of the uh, Marvel... Uh, the Lord, and they, they were like these space god people. Greetings, Hercules. I beseech you to detour your journey to Titan. Your presence is most urgently needed there. Mentor! Hey, Herc, who's the guy with the big head? He is the most wise ruler of Titan, an ally of the Lion of Olympus. How do these Titan guys feel about scrolls? Methinks the same as everybody else. I think I'd better slip into something more comfortable. The age-old civilization of Titan is lodged within the bowels of its inhospitable surface, 
After passing through the airlock portals of the crater-pocked moon of the planet Saturn, well, the, 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 see, that just shows they didn't know anything about Titan back then, the trio emerge into the pristine splendor that is the home of Mentor and his son Eros. Now, we will remember Eros because he was actually a member of the Avengers under the name Star Fox. And this was, I think this was just not that long after Star Fox was a member of the Avengers. It's only by a year or two. And it might have even been at the same time as this. And it shows uh, Hercules and and the uh, recorder. And the Skippy has changed into a uh, beautiful, voluptuous, green woman. And um, Hercules says, Salutations, Mentor! Verily, it seems like centuries since the Prince of Power last saw Eros and thee. And Eros says, Hate to tell you, Herc, it has been centuries. Thank you for responding so quickly, Hercules. There's not much time. I pray thee, what matter is of such urgency? Two days ago, we found a being on the outer surface of Titan. He was near death. We did all we could for him. He kept asking for you. And Starfox pipes up here. So we had Isaac, our interplanetary... So we had Isaac, our planetary computer, begin scanning the stars for your presence. He claims to be a fellow Olympian. And he calls himself Apollo. What? Take me to him at once. And they do. And he's in the hospital part of the uh, the, the castle here on, on Titan. And we see that he's laying in like a hospital bed. And he's really aged and wrinkly and, and scrawny. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, he's not immortal anymore either. And, and Hercules is uh, kneeling at his bedside. And Apollo is, doesn't look like he's doing too well. It's good to see you again, old friend, he says. Apollo, what has happened to thee? Thou hast withered with age. There is no time. Do not return to Olympus, my friend. Death awaits thee there. All the children of Olympus are gone. Thou art the last. Never thought about dying. Tis not a pleasant thing. Beware the high father. And Apollo, the god of light, dies. And so everyone is kind of upset and crying and mourning and whatever. And we see uh, Hercules in the, in the hospital room and, and mentor, Star Fox, uh, recorder, and Skippy in disguise are out uh, in the hallway. So Hercules comes out and he says, Mentor, I do not wish to seem rude, but I must depart this place at once. There be pressing matters elsewhere that... I understand, Olympian, but I think I might be able to shed some light on your problem. How so? With the help of Isaac, we can scan towards Olympus and perhaps discover some clue as to what has transpired. Better not to rush headlong into something potentially dangerous, wouldn't you say? Aye, thou art wise, my friend. So be it. And uh, Star Fox grabs... Um, Skippy's arm, you remember he's uh, this beautiful green woman right now. And uh, Star Fox is like, In the meantime, I believe I will show this vision of loveliness some of the finer sights of Titan. But, but I, I... See you later, comrades. <laughs> and Eros is gone with, with Skippy. Don't you think you ought to tell Eros that the lady is a scroll? Thou knowest. Thou art wise indeed. But thou art his father. Why dost thou not tell him? Well, he's going to be pretty upset. Do you want to tell him? Not I. How about 
statement. No way. This is the recorder. And we shift scenes back to uh, the uh, the tomb. And we see uh, Delius Shrek. And they spelled Shrek now exactly, almost exactly like the, uh, the, the troll guy. Completes his prayer to mentor's deceased son, the demigod whose religion preached death. Great Thanos, watch over me, your last disciple, and I will obtain power beyond reason, power enough to destroy your accursed enemies. And he gets some repelling gear, and he repels down the long shaft, and he enters the tomb, knowing full well that he must succeed, or he will never see the outside again. Uh, meanwhile, back on Titan, we have uh, Mentor and Hercules and the recorder, and they're talking to Isaac. And Isaac, uh, he's a, like a planetary computer. He's like the computer's at the core of Titan, and he projects this sort of robot face on a screen. So that's what we're looking at. And Isaac says, the coordinates for Earth Olympus are locked in, but there is a problem. What is that, Isaac? Olympus exists on a plane in simultaneous conjunction with Earth. An interdimensional probe will require a great deal of power to maintain. Requesting shutdown of all non-essential systems to continue probe. Agreed, Isaac. You may proceed. Affirmative. Commencing shutdown. And we then uh, shift scenes. Well, some not really. But uh, we see the vital systems are shutting down everywhere on Titan. Uh, you know, maintenance droids, air conditioning units, and refrigerator lights which is weird because refrigerator lights are not usually on when the refrigerator is closed. And meanwhile, we have the dude, uh, Shrek, who is in the tomb. And I guess one of the things that uh, gets shut off is the, uh, the fail-safes in the tomb. And uh, so he finds all the dead bodies of his comrades, and the door slams behind him, and the... Uh, the big fiery thing comes popping up out of the floor to, to burninate him. And uh, surveillance cameras and all that stuff are turning off. And the security system turns off and sputters out. So I guess Shrek now has uh, a straight shot to the tomb. And we see the basement lights going out. Uh, and Eros and the green uh, <laughs> girl who was actually Skippy. And Eros is grabbing him and, and pulling him close. The turn of events that leaves one delighted uh, is the uh, you know the, the security system drops down and it's like spilling lava on the floor. But Shrek does not get burned up in lava and enables him to continue on to the tomb. And he eventually comes to the sarcophagus that uh, Captain Marvel is buried in, and it's a, a plain sort of stone sarcophagus, and it says Marvel. Uh, on the outside. This is it. The crypt of Captain Marvel, the most accursed enemy of Thanos the Omnipotent. The fools. They buried him with the all-powerful Negabands he wore still on his wrists. Little did they realize that I have the means to extract these weapons. And he very easily shoves the uh, stone lid off of the sarcophagus. And we even see a little bit of the corner of Captain Marvel's arm. And it looks like he really hasn't uh, decayed very much, uh, just, just judging from the little bit that we've seen. Considering it's been a couple hundred years, you would expect him to be a little bit more rotten than that. With this negative generator, I can extract the bands. That is, if the force of spatial displacement doesn't destroy me. So he has to use a special tool to, uh, to go in and get the negabands. I've come too far to stop now. For Thanos and death. 
And he turns the device on and he reaches in and there's all this energy kind of crackling around. And we then shift back to Titan and uh, Isaac has completed the scan. Earth Olympus probe complete. Life scan data now collating. Well, what did you find, Isaac? says Mentor. Ruins. Destruction. One life form. Massive power registering from that being. No other life forms. Apollo said, beware the High Father. It would seem that my worst fears may have be realized. Let us make all possible haste, recorder. Locate Skippy and inform him that we are leaving immediately. And we find, uh, I guess he finds Skippy. <laughs> and they are getting ready to board the, uh, the chariot a few minutes later. You kind of catch them in mid-sentence, and Hercules is saying, Art thou sure, Skippy? Great danger awaits us at our destination. You ain't leaving me here with that sex maniac Eros. I'm with you for the duration, Barbell Breath. It's a bit too tranquil here for me, you know. And they uh, are going to get onto the uh, the chariot, and all of a sudden a, a big red beam comes crashing down with a shark. And yeah... It's a blast from the uh, the Nega bands of Shrek, uh, who stole them from Captain Marvel. And everyone's going, what? And the Shrek dude is flying over, and the Nega bands are sparkling, and they're, like, crackling with energy. Your moment of death is at hand, Titan scum. I am Shrek, last disciple of Thanos. And now I possess the full photonic power of his hated foe, Captain Marvel. I come to send you on your journey to join Marvel. And Mentor's like, by the twelve moons, he has Marvel's bands. Yeah. And so uh, he's blasting everybody with Shrark, Shrark, and knocking everybody down. And Hercules gets right back up because he's Hercules, you know. By Zeus's thunder, thou truly hast the might of our long-deceased ally. Thou hast violated the dead to carry out thine mad scheme. Thou must pay for thy heinous act, Shrek. Have at thee, defiler. And Hercules jumps up and he wails on uh, on Shrek with a kerwham and, and just knocks him back. But it doesn't seem to do him much damage. And Shrek hits him back just as hard, uh, sends Herc flying. For 400 years I have waited to fulfill my master's dark dream. None shall stay, my hand, outsider. None. And Eros comes jumping into the fight. You may have stunned the Olympian, Shrek, but you still have the might of Eros to contend with. Come, then, despised brother of Thanos. How ironic that your demise should come from the power of your once dearest friend. And he grabs uh, Eros's hands, and he's pumping out power. And uh, knocks him out with the negabands. And Eros falls to the ground. And Hercules says, Verily, Shrek wields uncanny power, recorder. He may well carry out his sinister task. Speculation. Perhaps I could coordinate data with Isaac and attempt to discover some weakness in him, sir. Be off with you, then. We shall endeavor to hold him here. So the recorder goes running off. The fight continues. And uh, Shrek is destroying bits of the castle, knocking down bits of the wall. He says, once you all are destroyed, I shall raise your beloved civilization to the ground. Thusly! And he smashes down a big chunk of wall with a circoom uh, and knocks it all down. And Mentor is gall pissed and he is ready to um, yeah, blast him with his own sort of uh, energy beams out of his hands. 
And he says, You maniac! My son was no god. He was a madman who would sacrifice anyone or anything for his love of death. Your devotion is a sham. Blasphemer! Thanos promised his followers rewards undreamt of. I alone have remained true to the faith and will sit one day by his side. And he goes flying over, and he's got the sparkly trail that the um, Negabans gave to Captain Marvel. By Kronos, he moves too swiftly, thinks Mentor to himself. It's inconceivable that you can sire one as great as he. And he knocks Mentor down with a shwack. Knocks him right down, and he's not really watching where he's going, which is a bad thing, because Hercules is there, and Hercules smashes him in the face with a kerpow, and um, says, The Prince of Power bids thee a no, and sends him flying a long way. Ho, a mightier blow hath never been struck. Tis a shame to honor one such as thee with the gift. And we shift back to uh, where Skippy is uh, shape-shifting, and um, he decides he's going to break his fall, I guess, and he's thinking, Looks like that idiot is falling this way. I'd better try to slow him down till the others get here. And he changes into this big goop monster, and uses this is basically is a cushion for, for uh, Shrek, and he falls and becomes entrapped in the protoplasmic tendrils. How's it going, bub? I mean... One slime to another. And we go back to Isaac, who is communicating with the recorder. They're having a conversation here. The situation is understood, recorder unit, says Isaac. Indeed, the danger is great. Statement. I need more data on the being called Captain Marvel if I am to formulate a means of defense. Affirmative, says Isaac. Prepare to receive data. And we get a little bit of a, a flashback here. And we see an uh, image of Captain Marvel. You know, he's flying through space. He's got the negabands. And explaining to, to uh, the recorder who he was. He was the Earth's cosmic protector, an outlaw from his own race, the Kree. The power of cosmic awareness was his, as well as the ancient Kree negabands, forbidden weapons of immense photonically charged power. Power which he used to combat the insane plans of Thanos, the mad warlord of Titan. Thanos worshipped death and planned to sacrifice the entire universe to win the favor of his shadowy paramour. We see uh, images of Thanos, and we see Captain Marvel fighting alongside Iron Man and Adam Warlock, and also getting sick and, and dying. <laughs> but uh, the captions say, only with the aid of many other powerful beings was Marvell able to defeat the demented schemes of Thanos and eventually aid in his demise. With peace restored, Marvell came to reside in Titan until the day he was stricken with an illness from which he never recovered. Tragic as it seems, the bands that gave him his photonic powers also fed the cancer growing within his unique Cree physiology. He lingered for a short time. Then Captain Marvell. Cree-born warrior and protector of Titan and Earth, died. Eros and Mentor laid him to rest on one of the asteroids orbiting this moon in a hidden tomb. Hidden because the negabands he wore were too powerful to be left unprotected. Therefore, an electronic protection system was devised to prevent his remains from being violated, a system which apparently has failed. Data recall and transfer complete. Prepare to exchange and collate all existing information. Statement. All logic and memory systems are locked on, Isaac. You may proceed. 
and the two of them interface. And you know because the panel has a big caption at the bottom that says interface. So I guess they're uh, you know interfacing, as it were. And we shift back to uh, where Skippy, in his globular form, is keeping Shrek prisoner and trying to hold him there until Hercules can arrive. But uh, yeah, Shrek is kind of getting ready to burn out. While the two artificial intelligences seek a solution, the battle continues. Arg! Hurry up, Herc! I can't hold this sucker much longer! And then there's a big frizzow, and Shrek burns his way free, and we see Skippy has returned to his scrawl form, and he's unconscious. The power of the Negabans are incredible, says Shrek. Nothing can resist their photonic might. And we see uh, Hercules, and he's picking up Mentor off the ground. And he says, Mentor, art thou well enough to continue? I'll be all right, but something is amiss here, Hercules. Captain Marvel never wielded power of Shrek's magnitude. That, my friend, is a mystery to be solved another time. For the nonce, our task shall be clear. The base villain must be vanquished now. And Shrek says, I am through toying with you, God Trash. Feel now the pain of the judgment of Thanos. Taste the full unleashed force of my photonic power. And he just sets off this huge, huge blast. This uh, big sparkly blast just knocks everyone down. Hercules, Mentor, basically everybody in the path of the blast is uh, knocked down and is kind of smoking on the ground. I have defeated your enemies, great Thanos. Now observe as I destroy every last trace of their existence. And Shark goes flying around, and he is banging his way through all the buildings, knocking everything down, uh, causing a lot of damage. And so all the buildings are on fire and stuff. And then the recorder apparently has finished interfacing with Isaac, and he uh, goes and finds Hercules and is trying to revive him. Interrogative, are you there, sir? You must awaken. And Hercules is like, oh. Statement, I am relieved to see you functional, Lord Hercules. I believe I have the information you sought. Uh, well, speak then, recorder. Statement. It would seem that the Shrek being derives his energy from the solar units overhead. Speculation. Isaac and I believe that what he needed is to expose him to an inordinate amount of photonic energy. Art thou mad? Will that not make the fiend even greater in strength? Statement. There is no time to explain our hypothesis, sir. You will find solar generators approximately 70.02 meters from here. You must attempt to expose him to its core. I do hope thou art correct, recorder. The fate of Titan rests in the truth of thy words. But apparently Hercules believes him and he goes rushing off. Trusting in his metallic friend's judgment, the Lion of Olympus races to the solar generators. There he begins his plan to lure him. No, not him. Shrek. What a glorious day this is, says Shrek. The fulfillment of a 400-year dream is near realization. All that remains, too, is... And he gets smacked with a big old piece of rock with a shrock. And, of course, Hercules is the one who threw it. And he says, Hercules bids thee greetings once more, Shrek. What? You? I thought you were disposed of. Twas unwise to presume the Lion of Olympus would be so casually beaten, little man. I offer thee a second chance to defeat me, if thou hast the courage. Infidel, you shall die for your insolence. And Shrek comes racing towards Hercules super, super fast. 
And you can tell he's going super fast because he gets an ass shot. And he, he ends up getting clocked with a big old rock with a bachoom. Hercules just knocks him aside. And he says, I think not, Shrek. And we have uh, the two of them fighting. And he gets into the, the beam of the, um, the solar, you know, solar machines that Hercules is kind of leading him towards. And we have the captions here. They say, awesome energies pulsed forth from the breach in the generator's core, blinding the son of Zeus with its brilliance. Shrek, bathed in the explosion of light, feels its power surging into his being. Unbelievable! The power! It rivals the might of Thanos himself! I can't! I... I feel funny! What's happening? I... Please, Thanos, forgive me! And he explodes with the giant Shkrakafuru. And all this energy pouring out and this big explosion. And Hercules just manages to get away. And that is apparently the end of Shrek. Until Shrek 2. Anyway, we shift scenes back to uh, Hercules. And Mentor and uh, Eros are recovering. And the recorder uh, is there. Well... I am pleased to see ye all art well. Interrogative, and what of Shrek, sir? Gone, as thou didst anticipate, friend recorder. And Eros is like, hey, who's the scrawl? Statement, lack of time did not allow me to explain earlier that Isaac and I deduced the negabands were designed for someone of Cree physiology. Shrek, fortunately, was not of that race. His body could not contain the maximum photonic charge of the Kree weapons. The last worshipper of Thanos is no more. Aye. All the same, I pity him. I am beginning to understand the desperation in being the last of your kind. I only pray my fate be more rewarding than Shrek's. So you still intend to return to Olympus, says Mentor. Perhaps it would be to your advantage for Eros and I to accompany you. I appreciate thy offer, Mentor. But I do not think any aid necessary. Now, wait a minute, says Eros. I want to know where this scrawl came from. <laughs> Skippy says, Look, Eros, why don't I just tell you all about it when we go out on that date you suggested? And Eros gets all mad. And he's like, What? Ugh, I'll kill him. And he goes running off after a Skippy. Skippy's running away. Does this mean you don't want to meet me back in the basement later? <laughs> And we get a little uh, interlude here, a little epilogue, and it says, Olympus, former home to a race of godlike beings and the destination of Hercules. And as his journey begins, one phrase echoes in his mind. Beware the High Father. And we have a full page splash here of Zeus looking really pissed off and angry. And he is sitting on his throne, and things are all broken up. He's holding a big old axe in his hand, which I think is Ares's axe, but hey, could be. And there's like fallen pillars and stuff around, and the, the curtains are all tattered and torn. And he's looking very ominous indeed. And we have the next issue blurb. Next issue, the shattering conclusion. A pearl of great price. What did you expect? A drunken Galactus? And that is Hercules, Prince of Power, number three. Let's have a quick look at the ads before I tell you what I thought about the issue. Once again, it's 1984, so most of the ads that look like are about video games. We have a Moon Patrol ad on the inside front cover. 
Mood Patrol being a very forgettable game from the uh, the mid 1980s, where you drive a moon buggy. It's kind of a side scroller. Uh, platformer type game and you jump over craters and dodge laser beams and stuff like that we have more model kits uh, that's something we haven't seen uh, so it's the monogram young model builders club and you can get a free finishing kit and wall poster and it's this one of, one of these things where you buy things on approval so they send you model kits and then you decide if you're going to keep them or not and then uh, if you don't send them back they make you pay for them anyway Let's see, we have Soundtrack, Space Cruiser Soundtrack. It's the Zorcom Adventure Cassette. Two new dynamic characters come to life. We have Zorcom Defender versus Tanjar the Dread. And the Zorcom the Defender looks like a uh, uh, kind of an Ursatz Darth Vader. And he's wearing a superhero type outfit. He's got a sword and shield. And he's got the sort of weird white Darth Vader-y sort of looking helmet. And then Tanjar the Dread is a lizard guy. Uh, looks uh, like one of the Badoon. Not, not really like a scrawl, but he's shooting a sort of pink laser beam at Zorcom who's bouncing it off his shield. Yeah, it looks lame as hell. Actually, I wonder if they, that, uh, if that space cassette is on, is on YouTube. <laughs> if it is, uh, I'll, I'll play it at the end of this episode. We have Olympic Earn prizes and cash and you're selling what, what is it i can't even tell oh it's cards and gifts so yeah so a bunch of stuff that uh, people don't want uh we have this ad again for selling video game cartridges uh we've got task force fighting ships uh little army men it's uh two dollars and 69 cents plus postage uh there's lots of little ships and airplanes and stuff uh that that looks like a, a great deal to me we have the uh Marvel House ad for 1984 featuring the Incredible Hulk wearing a big old diaper. And then we have in the back, inside back cover, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons video game for the Intellivision. Actually, that was pretty um, uh, pretty advanced for its time, but by, by today's standards, obviously, it's pretty much crap. But it really was one of the first uh, at-home 3D dungeon crawler type games. I remember the, this game, and it was it was good for the time. But nowadays it looks pretty bad. On the back uh, back cover, we have eight ways you can play Frogger, and again, you have the Atari fifty two hundred, TI ninety nine four A, Atari four hundred, six hundred, uh, etc. In television, Commodore VIC twenty, Commodore sixty four, ColecoVision, and Atari twenty six hundred, and yeah, so that's Frogger, and that's it. All right, so what did I think of the issue? Well, we're going to find out what I thought of the issue after this message. Do you have unexplained mood swings? Do you have difficulty communicating with others? Do you exert a fishy odor? Do you experience undue aversion to flames or revulsion of bonfires? Have you suffered from long periods of amnesia or unexplained blackouts? Do you like to toot your own horn, speak of yourself in Shakespearean tones, or sound like Dean Warmer in Animal House? Are you a sociopath? Have you senselessly slaughtered innocent undersea creatures? Is your family tired of every vacation having to be to the beach or on a cruise ship? Do you have a secret collection of green fish scale speedos? Then you may identify with the subject of our new podcast, Imperious Rex, Confessions of a Serial Surface Invader. Longer than a whale, he can swim anywhere. He can breathe underwater and go flying through the air. Or favor of 
Atlantis is the Prince of the Deep. Join us each week as we review the next installment from Prince Namor, The True Submariner's Adventures in Tales to Astonish, starting with the quest in issue 70 and moving forward through the Silver Age of Marvel Comics. Check out our blog at SerialSurfaceInvaders.tumblr.com for a new show every two weeks or so and a steady stream of ridiculous aquatic content. And please, if any five or more of the above conditions apply to you, seek professional help. And we're back. And of course, I have a few words to say about the issue. I have to say, I, I, I almost think this is the strongest one of the series so far. Uh, I really like the connection with Captain Marvel, though I think that nowadays this has been retconned away because I, I think that, what, didn't they bring him back for a while? Um, and I don't, yeah, I really don't know. I, I somehow think that this is probably not very canonical anymore. But I do like the inclusion of the Eternals of Titan. And I like the fact that, you know, they're still there. They're still going strong. You know, they haven't changed. Um, I mean, even in the case of Eros, he still was wearing the same costume he was wearing in 1983. So, I mean, I mean, he literally hasn't changed his clothes for 400 years. So, I mean, I can understand why Skippy wouldn't want to go, go off with him. Um, but yeah, I mean the artwork is really good uh, for the most part. There's some odd sort of face things here and there, but that's that's normal for Leighton. But by and large, I like the art, I like the story. It's a yeah, pretty strong issue here. All right, and with that, it's time to wrap up the episode. Once again, folks, thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And of course, if you want to email the show, you can do so. Our email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. You know what else you can do? You can leave us an iTunes review. We don't think, I don't think we have very many of those. Uh, so if you want to leave us an iTunes review, that would be great too. All right. With that, I am back to Olympus watching very carefully out for Zeus because I'm going to be hiding behind this great old uh, pillar or something uh, to, to tell you what happens next time. So, in the meantime, have a great week, and we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. You have been listening to Radio Free Asgard, a production of Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The Mighty Thor and all associated characters are mostly copyright Marvel Comics. The stories presented are done so for educational, review, and entertainment purposes only. No ownership is implied. The silly voices, however, well, they're all me. Musical selections from Eden, the invincible sword of the Elfsmith, are copyright Mott's Vent and are used with permission. If you like what you've heard on the show, we hope you'll leave us a review on iTunes, tell your friends, or even join our Facebook group. We really love hearing from our listeners, and we appreciate all of your support. Thanks once again very much for listening to Radio Free Asgard. Where are we going, Father? To the stream of tunes, son. There the children are. First, we must contact the Zorkon fleet and arrange the rendezvous with them. This is Planet Master of Zeon. My son, 217, has released me from my captors. We request the fleet for assistance. Our starships have discovered a barrier over the city. There is only one way through. You must capture the Power Stone and release the barrier so that we may enter. Where are the Zorikon children? Safe for now with the Stream of Tunes, coordinates 315-212, intersection 412. Acknowledged.
We will wait for you. Secure the power stone, for it is the only way in. Acknowledged end of transmission. I will drop you off, Father, at the stream of tombs. Then I shall get the power stone. Very well, son. I am a slow, old man. You are our only hope. As the ship speeds over the metallic landscape of Zeon, a spectacular scene unfolds. The ship comes upon a large stream which radiates with the sound of twinkling music. The ship hovers and then dives into the water. As it goes deeper, a glow at the bottom lights the way to the sanctuary below. And then a strange thing happens. The ship suddenly emerges through the bottom of the stream and is airborne again, still flying downward, but with the water now flowing like a liquid sky, separating them from the upper world. It is an atmosphere within an atmosphere, a large cavern with a fluid sky. On the earth below, the young citizens play with the toys of the far away. Could you believe the people spent $7.95 for this shit?